0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this New Year's episode of Ignite Radio Live.
1: You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty. And yes, Happy New Year. Wow, 2022. God is good.
0: So, Steph, lately we've been reading, as we do often in Scripture, the accounts of Christ's demonstration of the power of the kingdom of God, that he is heaven came to earth, Emmanuel, today in the readings, just that he heals the sick, raises the dead, and... Uh, To reveal God's love for the purpose of us knowing we are deeply loved, you're made of God, to choose Christ. And um, how awesome that this past week we were at the Encounter Mm, Conference. We continue to pray for Father Matthias and Joe and Patrick Rice and the amazing developing work that they're doing in over 20 dioceses throughout the world to really foster an authentically Catholic understanding of God's desire for us to really be instruments of the kingdom, that thy kingdom come, thy will be done, wouldn't simply be this kind of passive rote prayer, but that we avail ourselves to being instruments of that. And did we or did we not see a demonstration of the kingdom at that event?
1: Amen. Certainly demonstration of the kingdom through healing, um, both physical um, and emotional, for sure. But I think for me, and maybe we can do a show on this in the upcoming weeks but um, and have different guests who were present there, but just God's love and grace manifested among his people with such expectant hearts, with such... um, brotherly love, and mm-hmm. we weren't even in the city of Philadelphia, we were in Grand Rapids. Um, but just just that desire, that hunger, that joy, mm-hmm. that hope, um, that was very evident. And something that struck me this year over past years, and whether it's my space or, you know, deepening in a ministry, probably a little bit of both, but just the sacramental presence in the um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the in Eucharist and Mary mm-hmm. and authentically Catholic, which it always has been, but just, I think. Ex- more punctuated. Yes, much yeah. more expressive. And also just a normalization of it all. Like I think too often different things and or people try to hype things up as something that's um, so unique when really it's all about Accessible being Catholic. Accessible to us all. Yes, in Not ordinary. Not for the superstar,
0: tele-evangelist, book-writing guy that healing in God's manifestation of his presence is through the baptized, you and me.
1: Amen, yep. and all for the glory of God. You Amen. know, Father Mike Schmitz was one of the speakers and one of his line lines was the, um, I don't remember, you can help me, um, <laughs> but the whole thing of what God wants to do in us is more important than mm. what he wants to do through us. Mm.
0: Fabulous. So, folks, we are very delighted. We use that to set up a, a, another encounter with a beloved brother whom I have encountered a few times over the past few years. I first heard Tom Hornacek at a Catholic Business Network event here in Erie. I'm sorry, Erie, confused. Me. Flashback. There we go. Flashback. Toledo, Ohio, and uh, it was such a moving story. And then we saw him again at the Encounter Conference. I believe we saw him at a recent conference, and you know, just that voice of the Spirit saying Revelations twelve eleven, they defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Here is a man who has an amazing testimony, and it's just so good to come out of the gates really strong in this year. To be mindful of God's real presence through a real story. So, how are you doing today, Tom? I am good Thank you Greg and Stephanie very much I appreciate joining you Welcome Well we're really going to want to dedicate The rest of this hour to hearing your story Tom And so I do invite our audience right now To just listen with the heart of the Father all wound up in a good way. Tom, we're ready to go. Lay it on us. Tell us your story. Okay.
3: Well, um, we're going to take a look back 24 years ago in my life. Um, I had grew up in the family grocery business with my brother and parents. Uh, we owned a grocery store, hardware outlet store business, again, looking back 20, 24 years ago in the farming community of Pinconning, Michigan, kind mm-hmm. of in mid-Michigan on Saginaw Bay. I was married to my high school sweetheart. We had two beautiful children. Uh, thought our perfect life at a little detour is our first daughter, our oldest, Mindy, was born deaf.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So we became very involved in her education and development so she could lip read and speak and function in the hearing world. But in general, life was good and I was in control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I was a great Catholic. Uh, we <laughs> went to church most of the time. Uh, didn't really have any prayer life. Only if I needed something did I pray. And, I, of course, I never prayed the rosary, the chaplet, or divine mercy. That was for older Catholic women. That's <laughs> it. No. I love it. Now, I hadn't been to confession in 15 years. I came into the Catholic faith the day before I got married. I was raised Methodist. But I hadn't been to confession in 15 years because me and Jesus were buds. Mm. You know, right. I do something wrong, I'm just going to tell him and try to do better. You know, that, that, it's fine. And, um, you know, let's just mix in a little pornography. That's all right. Everybody does it. All Mm. these guys do that. That's just to get the engine running. It's okay. Well, um, thinking I was a great Catholic, when in reality, I was Revelation chapter 3, verse 15. Mm. I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Mm. Would that you be cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Mm. I was on the highway to hell drinking the cocktail of life that I mixed Mm. and the road was wide and everybody was on it.
2: Mm.
3: Well, then looking back 20 years ago, excuse me, 24 years ago, it was early summer. My brother hosted a store director's appreciation barbecue at his house and we had a great night, lots of beer. Well, the next morning, my wife, Karen, and our daughters headed off to 8 a.m. Mass at our parish, St. Anne's Church in Linwood, Michigan. It was a mass from my father-in-law, Al, who had passed away mm. the year before of cancer. Now, I wasn't feeling well. Self-inflicted,
2: mm-hmm. too
3: much beer to drink, stupid. <laughs> but as I got into the church, I settled down on the kneeler to pray. I suddenly got extremely hot, felt faint. My heart started racing. And in my mind, I heard, Tom, why do you feel like this? Mm. You don't need to feel like this. Just get up and walk out look out those doors. You'll feel great. You don't need to feel like this. Now I heard this over and over. Now I'm thinking, I'm just reasoning with myself. Mm. You know, I got this. I'm going to get through it. Well, I got to tell you, I prayed for probably the first time. Oh Lord, please get me through this. Get me through this. I'm so stupid. I'm Mm. sorry, Lord. Please just get me through this. Now, every time we stood, it felt like I was going to pass out and Mm. I just kept praying. Oh Lord, get me through this. Now, the only thing that really kept me in that pew praying was my pride and the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Because if I walked out, all the family would say, well, what's the matter with Tom?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, we had too much to drink last night. So I, ultimately, that's what kept me there praying was I didn't want to embarrass myself. Well, of course, I didn't have any clue who was speaking to me in my head. And I was extremely embarrassed, but I just kept praying, but all through mass. It was like, why do you feel like this? You don't need to feel like this. Just get up, walk out, walk mm. out those doors. You'll feel great. You don't need to feel like this mm. over and over. Now, I made it through mass. Now, I was so embarrassed. I didn't tell my wife, Karen, because it was so stupid. So then the next week we go to mass, nothing to drink anywhere around but anything, alcohol. So we go in, I get on the kneeler and it started again,
2: mm.
3: heart race. Extremely hot, like I was going to pass out. And the voices again, the thoughts in my head.
2: Mm, wormwood. Same
3: thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Tom, why do you feel like this? You don't need to feel like this. Just get up and walk out. Walk out those doors and you'll feel great. You don't need to feel like this. Why do you feel like this? So again, I prayed, Lord, please get me through this. Get me through this. It was so stupid. Now, at this point, I was self diagnosing as a man because I'm going to be in control. <laughs> uh, I'm just having panic. You know, I'm just having panic attacks and I just need to fight through them. And as far as the accusations I was hearing, I had no clue who was talking to me. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'm reasoning this myself. Mm-hmm. Now, I got to tell you, Greg and Stephanie, this went on for week after week mm-hmm. after week. And I'm like four or five weeks into it. Still didn't tell my wife, Karen, because I was embarrassed that I had caused all this. Mm-hmm. And I was then the um, confirmation sponsor for my nephew. And we're up in the front of the church. I'm in suit and tie and standing next to him. And of course, it's happening again. Mm. And this time, he threw everything at me. I felt like I was 110 degrees and I was going to go down at any moment. And I will never forget this moment. My heart's racing. I'm burning up. I feel like I could pass out at any time. And I closed my eyes and just in my mind, I didn't voice it. I just said, Lord Jesus Christ, you deliver me from this affliction, Mm. and I will serve you forever. Mm. Suddenly, I got hit with a cold blast of arctic air, and (laughs) it went from the top of my head to my toes, and I was literally freezing. I was actually shaking from chills, and I knew that Jesus Christ had delivered me at Mass, and I knew who the enemy was. Mm. And he brought me to total freedom.
1: God be praised. That's amazing.
3: That moment. And, of course, now the fire's lit, and I tell my wife what happened. I told her everything. So then they needed Eucharistic ministers. So right away, I, hand, I volunteer us both. Well, she wasn't happy about that. <laughs> I was going to say, what'd and she think? So she wasn't very – she just didn't really want to go out in front of people and all that. Mm-hmm. But – I volunteer this. She went through the training. She really loved it. But then she went to our pastor, Father Tom, and said, by the way, he's on fire right now. If he volunteers me for anything, um, please talk to me first. <laughs> so, so anyway, then they needed lectures. So I went through lecture training and started reading at Mass, which changed everything.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: then they needed somebody on the RCIA team. This is over a period of about a year and i said well sister Jean approached me and i said sister Jean, i don't know anything i never got catechized mm. i came into the church but i don't know anything about my catholic faith wow she said don't worry we need a man on a team we'll teach you <laughs> so my wife wasn't crazy about me doing this but then she said okay so i started going to rcia now Sister Jean was a really great teacher. And every week I'd come home and my wife, Karen, would say, well, how did it go? And I say, oh, you won't believe this. And it was everything that I never got taught. So this is going on. Then, uh, as was in my routine, I tuned in my favorite sports talk radio station, 1440 AM in Saginaw, Michigan. That was just to catch up on the talk about the Detroit Tigers and all that. <laughs> of course. Well,
0: I tuned- Source of lamentation, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I tune in, and it's suddenly Ave Maria Catholic Radio. Mm. Now I'm like, Catholic Radio? What's that? Mm. And But yet, every time I tuned in, the Lord spoke something to me
2: awesome.
3: that I knew to be true and had never heard it before. Mm. Now, I couldn't listen to anything. I didn't listen to oldies music. I didn't go to the sports talk stations anymore. I had to tune that in. Now, I'm not telling any guys I'm listening to Ave Maria. <laughs> <laughs> now, just isn't. Yeah. And, but at the same time, every time I tuned in, I was learning something about the depth and the beauty of our Catholic faith that I would, didn't, I was not even aware of. Mm-hmm. So that's changing my life. So all of this is going on. And uh, uh, I mean, all of a sudden, the fire was lit. I knew who the enemy was, I knew the, the beauty of our Catholic faith. And, you know, I kind of tell people at the time, you know, our Catholic faith is like this big pool, and a lot of people go up, and they'll just dip their toe in it, and oh, yeah, this is great, I'm just going to Mass, and eh, that's good, I've checked the box. But you know what? When you dive in to the Catholic pool, you can't swim to the bottom. Mm-hmm. It is so deep and so beautiful. There are so many different devotions and ministries. You can't even scratch the surface before our life on Earth here ends. But once you do say yes to the Lord, and you just start learning, and the beauty is amazing.
0: It occurs to me, Tom, just that many right now who are listening— are really operating as Catholics thinking good enough is enough. You were going to Mass. You were probably checking a lot of the right boxes, kind of playing games with God. But as you say, Laodicea, that Revelations 315 passage, that many of us perhaps aren't even aware that the languishing or the distance from God is a result of not having made that core choice of, Lord, you made me for yourself. And in your heart, you cried out. The Lord, Holy Spirit, put that on your heart. So just for our listeners right now, folks, any of us right now, and we're going to hear this as Tom continues his story, but right now at any given moment, all the time, maybe our hearts in this very moment, God is wanting us to say, Lord, I, I give you my life. I want you to conquer these voices. Tom, you, you speak of kind of in a spiritual sense, having heard, I said, Wormwood, you know, that screw tape letters, the enemy is whispering lies to us about our identity and nature. You were aware of that enough to know the battle was on and to speak that. So just inviting our listeners, be mindful of that as we continue to go forward in Tom's talk.
3: Really, Greg and Stephanie, we wake up every day in battle. Mm -hmm. Our spiritual battle is real, and the enemy is not ourselves or other people. The enemy is the enemy. And it is the world, the flesh, and the devil. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people wake up every day, and it may be one of you listening right now who don't know who's speaking to you. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
3: that's why you need to wake up, spend a little time in prayer, start slow. It's okay. Then go to his word. Go Mm -hmm. to the daily readings. Because the more you dwell with him the more he will dwell with you and the enemy has no power over you other than what you give him so at this point in time things are good uh i'm eucharistic minister and my wife i'm a lector i'm an ircia 18 i'm listening to ave maria radio and so what happens next um and this would be about two years later so all the fires lit all these things are going on um we my two daughters were both in college my oldest daughter mindy who was deaf was going to graduate from madonna university in livonia Mm -hmm. michigan and but before they went back to school we were having a little get together and barbecue at our house and so my mother-in-law was coming over and my two daughters and i was trying to convince my wife karen that we should invite my brother and sister-in-law And she says, no, we have enough. And I said, well, they're sitting home and there's nobody there. And something just prompted me to make sure they were there. Hmm. And so I kept relenting that let's just invite them. You know, they're doing anything. Their kids are gone. So finally she agreed. Well, as we get ready to sit down to eat dinner, I went out and got our uh, stuff off the grill, brought it in. My wife was walking in, Karen, and she collapsed on the floor Mm. in a cardiac arrest. Mm. Well, my brother and sister-in-law were trained um, EMTs.
2: Wow. Wow. And so
3: they immediately started CPR and called the ambulance. She came around, got her to the hospital, Mm. um, spent a very stressful night. um, And the next morning they did an emergency catheterization and she had a very unique thing. It doesn't happen often. They even have a difficult time studying it. It's a cardiovascular spasm. What that is, Anywhere in our body, suddenly an artery or vein can collapse shut.
2: Hmm.
3: And that's what happened, and it happened on the outside of her heart. So they put in a stint. She's good to go. I didn't leave her side. Uh, for the next week, she was in the hospital. I stayed up there with her. I did my work from there. Mm. She came home. She's recovering. Prognosis is great. Um, people stayed with her at first, and she was doing fine. So um, that really wasn't an issue. Well, then, going about three weeks down the road, three and a half weeks. um, When she had fallen, she fractured her tailbone. So she was having Mm. a difficult time uh, sleeping at night from some pain. And so I was gone out of town for a head group meeting in our grocery store business. And she was going to call the cardiologist to make sure it was okay if she could go to the chiropractor in case she had been out of alignment or whatever, and that was causing her pain. Mm. Well, I call home and my dad answers. And I thought, oh, Dad, I'm sorry, I called the wrong number. He said, no, no, we're at your house, and there's something wrong with Karen. Mm. And she said, the ambulance is here picking her up. We'll meet you at Bay Medical in Bay City. And so, anyway, I left the meeting and took off. Well, after the fact, my mother was at home. My mother was a very prayerful person. She said something told her, call Karen right now. she picked up the phone and called her she was talking with karen and suddenly she stopped talking and so she didn't respond so they drove out to the house they had a key to her house they went in and she was sitting in a chair and she said they said are you okay and she said yeah i just i don't know i dozed and i just and then she went out again Mm. they couldn't get her to respond so they called an ambulance well it was a brain aneurysm Mm. they got her to the hospital I met the family there. Um, Hours later, they did emergency surgery, but it was a massive leak. Mm. Now, during the time they were during surgery, my mother, um, Verna, and my daughter, Sarah, my youngest daughter, at one point, we're all praying as she's in surgery, and the three of us came together and we said, you know, something good just happened. We didn't know what it was but we were just kind of praising god Mm. and thanking him and stayed in prayer well then after surgery the next few hours were very crucial and we were praying at her bedside and then um subsequent tests revealed that there was no brain activity and um she was the machines were simply keeping her alive
2: Mm.
3: i can remember praying at her bedside and after we knew that and i had a pain In my heart that i could not um describe at the time i knew it wasn't a heart attack but it was a pain that was so intense that i couldn't describe it and at that point i didn't care if the lord took me or not but i didn't say anything to anyone um and so after that point they came to my daughters and myself and said well you know your parish priest is here um they can give her last rites but before we turn off the machines, would you like to give the gift of life? We'd like someone to meet with you. So we did. My daughters and I made a decision to give the gift of life. And so then our parish priest gave Karen last rites, and they turned off the machines, and mm. um, and we went home.
0: Mm, oh, my goodness.
3: And so, but I will say now, looking back, uh, that pain that I had in my heart at her bedside, The Lord revealed to me um, 13 years later on Good Friday in prayer that I pierced your heart, Tom, and Mm. it was the sword of sorrow. Mm. But in doing so, he gave me the grace to get our family through the funeral and each and every day forward. Mm. But it wasn't until 13 years later that I really had that revelation and I knew it. Mm. And because I knew something happened, I just didn't know what. Right. So... We have the funeral, my daughters were home from college, and we got this book from Gift of Life, it was called The Next Place. Hmm. Now, we would stay up, and this is maybe three or four days after the funeral, and we were looking at pictures and reminiscing and crying, and um, I told my daughters goodnight, and it was about, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning, I went to bed and I took that book with me. Well, anyway, it's called The Next Place. And what it is, the connotation is it's about heaven, but they couldn't say it because it couldn't be religious. Right. So I'm looking through each page, and every page was very colorful illustrations, and there was like one sentence on every page. Well, I got most of the way through the book, and on a left-hand page, there was uh, these little light blue neon hearts, and there was a simple line, and it said, though I will know the joy of solitude, I will never be alone. Hmm. And the minute I read it, Those little light blue neon hearts started lighting up the room like your heart is beating. Mm -hmm. Um, And every time your heart would beat, the light came out. It was brilliant. And it just lit the room up. Well, at this point, having not eaten a lot, having not slept a lot, I just thought, is this really happening? Mm -hmm. Am I really seeing this? Not in my right mind. So I closed the book and I went out. I got my youngest daughter, Sarah. And I said, Sarah, come here a minute. She says, what's the matter? I said, just come here a minute. We went in the bedroom. I got in bed. I gave her the book. And I said, take a look at that and tell me what you see. Well, when she got to that page, she also saw it. Mm, And it just lit the room up. Now, at this point, we're just both weeping. And then we go out and Mm. we said, Mindy, come here. And she says, what's the matter? He said, just come with us. So all three of us, and I guess we went back to the bedroom and the bed because that's where I saw it. Mm -hmm. We got in bed and I said, look at the book. She looked at it, and at first she couldn't see it, and we just prayed, Lord, please let her see it, and then she did. Mm-hmm. So all three of us it. well, we walked around the house, turned every light off, it lit up the entire house, wow. wherever we were at. Wow. It was, all I can tell you is, it was a pinprick of the heavenly light, mm-hmm. and we knew where she was.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: He, why did he give us this grace? I kept telling my daughters. You know so many people lose the loved one and they don't see any sign. Mm
2: -hmm. why
3: did he do this for us now we stayed up as long as we could and then we went to sleep and got up the next morning and again i'm like did that really happen
2: right right
3: and my daughter said yeah we had this experience well i called gift of life i talked with our representative and she said you know tom she said i deal with death every day and I've had many instances of our, our customers persons who have had encounters, nothing like this, but I absolutely believe what you saw. Well, then I went to the illustrator of the book thinking, well, this is this one of these pictures that, you know, it has the dots. And when you look in it, you can see a different picture. Great. You know, I just want to make sure I could rule out
2: mm-hmm, any possibility. Mm-hmm.
3: So talking to the illustrator, no, there's nothing like that. Well, um, After that, you know, during that time in my life, when I would drive to work, I would weep and play this song um, that my wife and I really loved, and then I'd be strong all day, and then I would weep on the way home Uh. and be strong. Well, about a month later, I came home, and um, I was the only one there, and I was having a bad day, and I got the book out. I went out in our family room, and I started looking through it again, and it happened again Mm
2: -hmm. on that page. Wow.
3: Now... I never opened it again over all those years. Um, why I don't know. I just didn't need anything else. Mm-hmm. But I knew that whatever graces God had given me that we had to carry on. And But I will say, He just mm-hmm. gave me that grace to lift up my family right. and to keep witnessing to them. And I will tell you right now, my two daughters, they wouldn't have told you this five years ago, but they will now, that they really believe, and so do I, well, first of all, and I think you do too, that God will do anything to have us with him forever.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Now, his ways aren't our ways. So if it means taking a loved one, it may be taking a loved one to accomplish his will that we would be with him forever because we would never have been living our lives As disciples of Christ like we are now today Mm -hmm. if he wouldn't have taken her um, 18 years ago
2: Mm -hmm.
3: so for those of you that are listening and you're wondering you know and yes it can be a a very good holy family member Mm -hmm. but God's ways are not our ways amen and that he will do anything to have us with him forever (laughs) and so if we just rest in that and say okay Lord What's your work for me?
2: Mm. You know,
3: now since then, so what has the fruit of that been? He brought me to my wife, Marion. She had lost a two-year-old son to cancer. Um, Mm. She was married to a car dealer's son. They had a car dealership, very, you know, had all the fruits of life. Mm. And uh, he had an affair and left them. And after they buried their son, he cleaned out their accounts and left. Wow. So she went through a very difficult time. And for six years, she never dated anybody, didn't want anything to do with them. I only knew her because she was a secretary at the elementary, and I would go over to do junior achievement. And after my wife had passed, and was only 12 months after, he kind of put her on my radar, and we're working on a school bond proposal. And she knew my wife, Karen, because she grew up in the farming community. I didn't really know her, or her husband that well, but she's telling me all about her son, Jared, who had passed. Mm. And I'm telling her all about Karen. And we knew that the Lord was bringing us together. Mm. Now, Beautiful. she shared with me later, she went to a parish mission that her sister urged her to go to. And after weeks of trying to let go of the anger, the bitterment, the resentment, all mm. those things sure. that the enemy brings, she finally got freedom. And then he brought us together and since then um he's taken just us on a path of being involved in unbound ministry and we are trained prayer leaders in live free ministry um he took us, and we've done some mission work with Renewal Ministries in Ann Arbor.
0: Can I pause you a second, Tom? For our listeners, you're you're sharing some uh, names of movements and organizations within the Catholic Church that have emerged to perhaps in the last decade that are quite powerful. Neil Lozano is, of course, Unbound. And I, I wonder if you could just say a word about what that's about. But even before that, when you share about the very tumultuous experience um, in after your wife died, We spoke at the beginning of this program of a confidence that God is a loving God. Mm -hmm. He's a God who wants to manifest the kingdom through miraculous healings. And we saw through Christ many healings and even raising from the death, of course, Lazarus and other instances. And we heard the testimony at our encounter conference just to have a confidence in God's power. I wonder if you could just say a word a little bit about how God in his sovereignty, that he allows also suffering. You you mentioned it for a bit, but how do we weave this kingdom come, pray for people for healing, and God wants that with, if you will, the gift of softening our hearts in suffering and how you particularly, how blessed you in particular to be, if you will, uh, more of an instrument of God's grace. How did he forge you in that suffering to be even more formidable?
3: One of the things I do enjoy reading, I love all of Father Moore's books. Um, and for our listeners, don't be afraid of reading some of the books and that from exorcists because it's mm. really the truth about our Catholic faith. Mm. And when you read, once they are exorcising a demon and they are under uh, Jesus' control, they have to answer in truth mm. to the exorcist. And the things you will learn by doing that is, number one, the, the gift of sacramentals, of Mm. holy water Mm. i mean there's encounters where i couldn't the demon said i couldn't go near him because he was wearing a miraculous medal Mm. Mm. or i couldn't enter their house because of all the religious objects or they had their house blessed
2: Mm.
3: it's just the truths of our faith Mm -hmm. which manifests itself into us knowing the power of jesus he's already conquered all this Mm -hmm. now why does evil exist well because of the fall but God allows it to perfect us and to become who he really wants Mm -hmm. us to be. And, you know, a lot of times people will say we're talking about purgatory and they'll say, well, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to shoot for purgatory. Well, no, we want to shoot for heaven. (laughs) But when does purgatory begin? The moment you say yes to Jesus,
2: Mm -hmm. That's you can start
3: serving that right now. We can purify ourselves starting right now. And that's my goal. Um, I would have never been doing any of this stuff. 24 years ago, I would have said, man, he's, that dude's a holy roller. <laughs> Good gosh. But when we know the truth, and we know all the gifts that God wants to give us. I, I'm a two-year graduate of the first two years of Encounter Ministry School. It changed my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It changed how I prayed. I've seen healing. <sighs> now, a, a great way to put it, if you're listening right now, is whenever you're prompted to pray with somebody, There is no special prayer. You don't have to have a special developed prayer. It's whatever the Holy Spirit brings you. But a great way that I learned in encounter ministry school, one of the teachers said one night was, think of it this way. If a a major league baseball player gets up to bat 10 times, Mm -hmm. let's say seven times he strikes out, but the next three times he gets a hit. He's a 300 hitter. Mm -hmm. He's a great hitter. Now, if we don't ever step up to the plate when we're most uncomfortable, and we don't want to do it, that's when God works. Mm -hmm. So if we step up to the plate, maybe something doesn't happen seven out of 10 times, but what happens the three times it does? And we don't know that what we thought sounded silly or it wasn't the right thing, if the Holy Spirit brought it to you and it's good, do it. Speak that over them. Prophesy over them the good things that the Lord has brought to your heart. And so the more we do that, we'll be living in a church alive Amen. And there's you know there's no special prayers. There's just whatever the lord brings to mind as long as it's good and positive then pray with that person. Mm-hmm. I, my 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 experiences then and I and I'd like to ask you Greg and Stephanie when I'm most uncomfortable and least want to do that as far as praying with somebody or speaking out in faith is usually when he's doing something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We're second
1: and third that. Yes.
3: <laughs> so, you know, God is so good. And I, I, I usually end my talk, but I want to bring this up now from Luke chapter 12, verse 49. Mm-hmm. I've come to set the earth on fire. How I wish it were already blazing, blazing. you know, it's really the Great Commission from Matthew 28:19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. When we speak a positive, loving word over someone, we have no idea that spark that will ignite that blaze of faith with someone, especially when someone is suffering, um, somebody's encountered a loss or an illness. Um, especially in this last couple of years, we know, and you know, through COVID, um, it's caused division. Mm-hmm. It's caused fear, anger, resentment, hatement, all of those sins that the enemy, the lies that the enemy wants to speak into people's hearts. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what's happening, God is still in control., Amen. and he just looks down and laughs at man on earth. and but I guess the other way to put it to someone who's listening is it's good to know what's going on in the world. It's good to be educated on what's happening in our country and in politics, but also just look at what is the garden that God wants me to tend? Mm -hmm. What is my sphere of influence? What things do I have control over? And in those things, and it may even be just when you walk into the supermarket and you see a cashier that's waiting on you, and they really have a look of anger or disappointment or, you know, sadness, and just say, are you okay today? And, you know, oh, no, and you know is something i can pray for you don't even have to pray with them in that moment but mm-hmm. we do that in a restaurant and i got to tell you and i learned this in encounter ministry school this is one simple thing you can do it will be a little uncomfortable at first but once you do it you will do it every time you go into a restaurant when you your person waiting on you brings to serve the food when they give you the food and they say is there anything else just stop and say we're just going to pray for a moment and give thanks to god for this food and your service, is there anything you need prayers for? Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Now, for young people, some of them will look at you and, no, no, I'm good. I'm like, well, no, financial, um, your family, and still if nothing comes forward, and they say, oh, no, no, I'm good. Well, you know, we're just going to pray that God continues to bless you. Mm -hmm. But I also will tell you, the floodgates may open and say, oh, you can't believe this. Um, My daughter's in the hospital, and she's expecting in another couple weeks, and we're Mm -hmm. worried about the baby, and... What's your name? Okay. Sometimes they'll stay with you. If they just leave, that's fine. And then pray for them. Mm
2: -hmm. Now,
3: we'll go into our local restaurant here to have breakfast, the big boy. Now, the waitresses will come up to us and say, uh, Mm. "When you get ready to
1: pray. Here's what we need. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. Um, Here's our list. Here's our order.
1: (laughs) You take our order. (laughs) Pass it along to the big guy.
3: (laughs) And I'm telling you, at first it's a little uncomfortable, but then, like everything, once you start doing it, it can be very simple. Mm-hmm. And we had one waitress one day, we said that, and she said, oh, for my brother, he's in the hospital, he's having heart trouble. And she says, I just, he really needs to come home. And Well, well you know what, right now, Susie, let's just pray for a moment, and we did, that the Lord is going to release your, your brother, that he can come and stay with you, and he'll be completely healed. So she left. She came back about 10 minutes later, and you should have seen her face. She said, I just got a call from my brother. Oh, He's being released from the hospital right now. That's so amazing. I Thanks, cause that. And I said, you know what, Susie? Thank the Father. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do. And he knows you. He knows our hurts and our sufferings. But if we don't ever bring them to him and let him lift that through us, and sometimes it may not get healed or fixed immediately, but we just have to trust he knows what we're going through. He, he came and became one of us. That's what we celebrated Christmas. And he went and suffered for us to free us from all this affliction. Mm. But right now, as we are living here on Earth, um, the enemy wants to take as many prisoners as possible. Mm. And our role as a faithful Catholic is to help free those slaves and those captives because Amen. they don't even know the Father. Yes. That's what my role is in life, is spiritual warfare, because so many men like me 24 years ago didn't know who the enemy was and who mm-hmm. was speaking to them, and he just pulls them off course. Mm-hmm. And so we never know if our are men's group or a parish mm-hmm. or a kind word or a prayer, and as far as somebody saying, oh, you know, that family member or one of my kids or grandkids there's no hope for them. Oh, yes, there is.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, there is. But are we fasting and praying for mm-hmm. them? God can do anything. It may not happen when we're here on earth, but we have to continue to keep them in prayer. And I'm sure both of you have seen miracles through fasting and prayer mm-hmm. with family and friends. I have.
2: Absolutely. But
3: we have to be patient Yeah. because it's all in God's time, not in my time. And Thanks. I just know that we can make the greatest plans for anything we're doing, and when we think it's in ministry work. I was actually the president of Berger Catholic Radio for six years, and I won't go into that story. That's another whole topic, but he allowed me to do that um, because of my experience with Ave Maria Catholic Radio. Then he called me to step back, and I just called up Mike Jones one day and said, hey, I'll come down and volunteer at your next membership drive. I know your community outreach director retired, and So I just do this part-time for them. And then we do invitations, deletions at parishes and like the encounter conference, the Ave Maria radio booth. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's only through stepping back. I didn't want to leave Berger radio at the time. I thought that's what I was going to do the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. but I had also discerned it was time to leave Mm -hmm. and I left gracefully and it was very painful, but he took me to Ave Maria radio. I would never, have ever thought that the Lord would allow me to mm-hmm. do the work that I'm doing with them? Mm. I just wanted to meet
1: some of them one day. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're personal friends. He's and an so, overabundance of God. Right? He is. Yeah. yeah. If
0: I could just take a moment and say, I, I want to amplify everything that you've been saying. Yes. This was not uh, an off-roading here and asking that question. Really, this is on-road, and you just beautifully giving testimony to how God is extraordinary and works through the ordinary. And just, you know, something as simple as going out to eat, that God equips us to be his loving presence to somebody and simply the simplest of initiatives like, can we pray for you or what can we pray for you? Just want our listeners to know that that what um, Tom is sharing, mm-hmm. we hear more and more again and again by, quote unquote, ordinary people having the uh, risk to take that step out under the water and and to see how God will bless it and how, like you say, percentage-wise, you know, the glory is God's all the time, and we're not always going to see that manifest, but he's always working, he's always doing something, and truly how awesome the special gift when, like, the instance of you praying for the waitress and her brother let out of the hospital, um, how how God does give us those gifts where, you know, he he kind of comforts us that, in fact, he is working, but just everybody who's listening, you know, the kingdom is at hand, and what Tom is sharing, what I love about your journey want you to keep going with the time we have here. But just this is that time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, th- th- this yeah. is what heart- languishing hearts are looking for. They're looking for evidence that God, hey, God, are you there? I'm here by myself. I'm suffering with this and the other thing. Reveal yourself. Well, well, you're hearing the story of that from those who've asked those questions and gave their lives to Christ and continue to go deeper in it, even through the sorrow. In fact, through the sorrow, we're never closer to Christ than in our suffering that he forges us in Gethsemane and on the way of the cross to be instruments of His grace being outpoured. Just want to amplify that for all of our listeners.
3: Yes, and you know, you, as you're, what you said, Greg, people don't know who the enemy is. The enemy isn't your neighbor who you disagree with and he treats you badly. The enemy isn't the other political party currently in power in our country. The enemy isn't uh, someone we disagree with. The enemy is the enemy. Mm-hmm. And if we're not praying for those people— I didn't do that even for our current uh, president, vice president, with their stances on abortion and same-sex marriage, all this. okay. Everything, right? But months ago, the Lord just said, you know, are you praying for them? Mm-hmm. Tom? Mm-hmm. Pray for them. Pray for their repentance and conversion. Because one day, it's not going to be pretty for them. And I don't want them to endure that. I want them to endure the kingdom. I don't want anyone to be lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if we're not praying for them. Now, it also means you don't keep sticking your face in that buzzsaw, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they... if it's a difficult person. But it's also when you get in a confrontational situation, and it may be with a family member. Maybe if somebody completely disagrees with your Catholic faith, that's okay. You can just say, well, you know, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. But just know, regardless of what happens, I love you. I will always love you, and nothing will ever push me away from you. Mm-hmm. And I will always pray for you. Because the enemy wants to divide us. He wants to divide families. He's doing it right now through COVID and the COVID fear. Mm-hmm. But also going back to the suffering. Now, I know in my own life that he allows suffering to bring us to a greater good he has for us. If we really saw what he wanted to give us, We'd give up everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did in my life. I never would have let go if he wouldn't allow me to suffer. And during that time, I mean, we had a high-level donor function. It was awesome. It didn't raise any money. All these things kept happening. He was closing all those doors and saying, you know, Tom, I want you to go, but I want you to go with grace and with love. Mm -hmm. And when I did, what he had in store for me, I could never have imagined. So if there's something you're struggling with right now, just be patient, you know. As men, we're fixers, we wanna be in control. Well, I gotta tell you, the more you get used to kicking it in neutral, Mm. and let God take the wheel, yes, it's a little bit like a roller coaster, but I'll tell you what, you'll be screaming with the light a lot of times,
2: Mm. you see Mm. what you're
3: gonna do in your life and through your life. And just praying with people, you know, praying with people in Unbound ministry. Um, praying with people for healing and seeing those things. Healing didn't end 2,000 years ago. Mm. It's still manifested right now, today, and it can be done through each and every one of us. And God wants those things. He desires those things. Mm. You know, we've been blessed. We live on the Bay of East Tawas, and when I see those waves rolling in, you know, when the wind's blowing, it just reminds me every day of God's merciful love. Mm. Regardless of what you've done in your life, or how you've walked away from him, or the Mm -hmm. things. The enemy wants you to believe that you can never come back to him, that you can never live in freedom, that you can never be who he wants you to be. Um, He wants you to be somebody else. But that's wrong. It's a lie. And in Jesus' name, in fact, today is the holy name of Jesus. Yes. Um, In his name, Jesus Christ, you can be free. And if you're listening out there and you're struggling, get Neil Lozano's book, Unbound, read it. There's lots of people trained in unbound ministry prayer that could pray with you. Mm -hmm. You can be living a life in freedom. And once you live in freedom, once the Lord freed me and you live in freedom, you have no idea the Mm great things he'll pour into you and the work that he has for you. So good. And the joy. You can start living heaven on earth if you live in his freedom and he wants it for you he loves you there's nothing that he hasn't done for you it's the prodigal son he's just waiting there all the time with his arms open but the enemy will speak all those lies you know what you did you can't go to him you're no good are you kidding me he'll never forgive you of that just walk away i've heard that voice of the Mm. enemy Mm. i know who he is and he's powerless over you and so Mm. with those things said greg and stephanie You know the power of Jesus in your life. That's why you do this program and the ministry that you do. And it's such a great grace for us at this time.
0: Amen. Thank you. Tom, you are such a blessing. I think we perhaps curtailed the chronology of your storytelling and in your life, but I do think it's so important that um, you really uh, were moved in the spirit to kind of punctuate some of the key things for us here, right now, at this moment in 2022, with regard to seeking Christ and having confidence in his present power. There's a wealth that God wants to give us, and there are ministries and movements that are are taking all of us who are Catholics or maybe haven't seen the inside of a church in a long time. Opening doors and connecting with us, and this is the key very real, 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 real presence, really connecting with us. Just one of those that you mentioned, um, you and Marion together entering into Unbound ministry. Can you unpack that for us briefly? And maybe we'll reserve another episode to really talk about Neil Lozano's work there. Tell us about Unbound.
3: Okay. First of all, um, Unbound, which is a practical guide to deliverance, and to clarify for people, um the chances of true possession is very minute but all of us have been oppressed by something yes it may be a death in the family an illness a sickness abuse uh physical sexual abuse um abandonment many different things okay that's an oppression and I can tell you as a lot of us do uh because of our fallen nature We're always looking at other people, and we're thinking, oh, gosh, look at that Catholic family. Aren't they great? They got 10 kids. They got the nice cars. all that. They really got it made. I can tell you, for having prayed with many people and unbound, we all have stuff. Mm -hmm. Everybody has stuff, things that have happened to us, disappointment, anger, resentment, bitterness, addiction, all those things have happened to people and in families, but if we don't know— That jesus christ has power over those things even right here and right now Mm -hmm. then we don't know how to address it and so we live as anxious orphans in this world not knowing how much protection and power the father wants to give us and Mm -hmm. the freedom he wants to give us so in the um neil Lozano's book a guide to practical deliverance unbound there's five keys i'm just going to briefly explain those excellent and then maybe we can close in prayer uh, the first key is repentance and faith, um, and in that key, uh, we first of all, in Unbound, they listen to the person's story, take notes during their story, what brought them for Unbound Prayer that day, and if you get the book Unbound, and then you can also go to the Heart of the Father's website, they will connect you with people near you who could pray with you in Unbound Prayer. So, the first key, repentance and faith, people start out with something they've struggled with. Jesus, I'm sorry for, and you ask to forgive me, and I receive your mercy now. Jesus, I give you. They may give something they've struggled with. I trust Mm. you to help me, and I surrender my whole life to you. Mm. So it's really the first key of repentance and faith. We're we're repenting and having faith that God can heal us. Mm. Uh, The second key is forgiveness, and that is the most difficult key, because Uh, A lot of times people think when they forgive someone, it means it didn't happen or it didn't take place, and it does. But when we forgive, we give that judgment up to God Mm. because he is going to deal with that situation and that person. But when we give it up, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. doesn't mean it didn't go away, but we release ourselves because a lot of times when we don't forgive, it's like drinking poison trying mm-hmm. to make the other person die. Mm-hmm. And we're the person who's dying slowly. Mm-hmm. So with forgiveness, that is a big key. And sometimes that's a difficult key for people, but we lead them through in the name of Jesus and in union with him on the cross, I forgive for and when, and we they name that person in events and all the ways that it affected me. And I release all judgment to God who has shown me his mercy. And all these things are done in the name of Jesus. Because That is where the power lies. Mm -hmm. The third key is renunciation. So, in the name of Jesus, I renounce, and at that point, they would, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of anger, bitterness, resentment, um, uh, orphan spirit, Mm -hmm. uh, abandonment, um, pride, anger, lust, pornography, um, same-sex attraction, whatever it may be. And I choose God, and those are all, again, done. In the name of Jesus Christ. Then, uh, the fourth key is authority and all those things that they renounce, the lies they renounce, the unhealthy, un- unholy tie. And sometimes they came in through sexual encounters before you were married or in a trying to live a single life. Um, but it's to take back your power and freedom and choosing to live in God's truth. Mm -hmm. And live under the rule of Jesus. So the fourth key is authority. And that is where I take authority over every spirit that I've named and I command them to leave now. Mm -hmm. And then you just sit with people and you can actually see a change in their continence, their facial expressions. And after that command and just sitting with them for a few minutes and you ask them, how do you feel? People will say things like, uh, something just left. I'm lighter. I feel like I'm floating off the floor. Um, and then that continuity of grace enters into people because you've broken that division that the enemy wants to create between God's grace and you and his love. Because he just wants to pour his love and grace upon us. Mm. And then the fifth key is the Father's blessing. And under that key, there's usually two people, one person leading in prayer and another prayer partner, and they're just praying during the entire time. Then the Father's blessing is that you pray over that person, everything the Holy Spirit is bringing you, all of the positive and the love and the blessings that the Father wants to pour upon them. A lot of times it can be a pathway forward, but it's really the Father's blessing that he prays over them so that they are filled so that God can fill all those areas that he's just cleaned out that the enemy had possession of. And he wants to fill it with his love and his grace Mm. and his peace and his mercy so that we can walk as a child of God and we can walk in peace and grace and never wake up in fear again. Mm -hmm. You know, they call it, people a lot of times wake up in the morning with morning demons because all of a sudden, what do we do? And I did this before he delivered me. You know, your oldest daughter's death. Will she ever make it? What's going to happen? What are you going to do about your business? You know, sales are down. All those things come to mind. And that's all the enemy.
2: Mm.
3: Instead of waking up and do the first thing we should do is do the sign of the Father, the Son, and the Holy mm. Spirit. And then just talk to him. Lord Jesus, good morning. I love you. Give me your grace for this day. Mm. Pour it out over me. Holy Mother my mother my queen Mm -hmm. who am i to meet today what am i to say what am i to share what am i to do that when people looked at me that they would see your son jesus that i would radiate his love that he would increase and i would decrease and that i would see your son jesus in everyone i meet today Mm -hmm. regardless of who they are and then saint joseph so you've got the holy holy family saint Mm -hmm. joseph give me the grace to be more like you Defender of the family, true man, just man, so good, foster father of Jesus, husband of Mary, terror of demons. Give me the grace, St. Joseph, to be more like you. And I ask that you would pour those graces out upon my family, my children and grandchildren, and everybody I meet today. And they will. They will Mm -hmm. absolutely every day. But you know, the more we spend time with him in prayer, and I never used to do that, I can't. Now, today, I don't give up. My wife and I both was out doing morning prayer and the scriptures, and I pray the rosary every day. I pray the chaplet of divine mercy every day. I try to pray the angelus as much as possible in the morning and at noon and at six when I can. But the memorari, all of these graces, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're driving across town and you got 10 minutes, you got time for uh, the divine mercy chaplet. Or just a few Hail Marys when you're out working in the yard, whatever it is. Um, They're all graces Mm -hmm. because we're staying in communion with him. We're not going to the fear and the doubt and the envy. doesn't mean we don't have to deal with things. We absolutely do. But we just live in his graces. Mm -hmm. And so that's my wish for anybody who might be listening is that God has so much to give you. He loves you so much. He knows everything you're going through, and he just wants to pour out his grace upon you. So if it's all right with you, Greg and Stephanie, why don't you just, if I can, I just would like to speak the Father's blessing that he's going to bring to me right now for everyone listening.
0: Absolutely. Just a moment, though. So grateful for Mm -hmm. you sharing with us this gift and this unbound prayer that allows us to really uh, connect with God in a powerful way and have confidence in that. Just a quick testimonial and encounter this past weekend when Father Matthias and Father Patrick were up on stage, and it was very normal, as Stephanie says, very non hype. It was very uh, word of knowledge as they were speaking, people of this crowd of 3,000 plus who may have had particular ailments, and you saw people were literally being they were being healed and they're coming forward to give those testimonials somewhere towards the end of that time uh, a woman screamed out fell on the ground and she was near our section in the back and if, if it hadn't been a context of prayer and grace it would have been terrifying because you heard these guttural deep voices from a woman in her 20s writhing on the floor um, I just I, I looked over and I saw some priests there praying with her which is delightful our priests who are engaged in this and by the way I want to punctuate this um, Neil Lozano gets this unbounded this. This is not exorcism, and uh, exorcism yeah. is a formal rite of the church that is reserved for those who the bishop designates. There's no assumption on our part that there's exor- exorcism. So I'm using this story also to make this point that there's a woman in need in this um, moment, and I see priests praying with her and over her, attending to a real need. And after a moment, I just I felt the spirit saying, "Well, Greg, just go and pray with them." So I went over there. Again, she's on the ground, she's writhing. There are these voices coming. Out of her that were not her own I put my hand on the lead priest's shoulder Just to pray with him He was um, really asking again in the name of Jesus Doing what he could again This is out of love, it's not an exorcism It's doing what we can for a woman who's in pain Who's suffering, who's dealing with some kind of oppression If not possession And after a while there wasn't a great response And I felt like the spirit moved through me When it was kind of silent in a moment Except for her continuing to, to manifest If you will something um, uh, her, her name was Gracie and I've spoken with her so I you know she's okay with me sharing this it's a very powerful story one day I'll share but I said Gracie the father wants you just to speak to him and in his name to renounce the spirit of affliction and she does she speaks it immediately she softens a little bit and I felt the spirit then wanting he was beckoning her her own heart to speak this truth Uh, Lord I receive your grace of who I am in you I want to know your healing power I trust in you I believe in you I want to live in the light of your grace I want to live in the fullness of what you called me to be so those words came from her immediately her whole body softened her countenance changed as you said Literally, she pops up in the midst of our crowd, and she says, I'm healed, like such a joyful delight, tears streaming down her face. She runs forth to the stage. We couldn't stop her if we wanted to. Um, I actually found her name, number. I wanted to follow up with her and say, I'm still praying for you. Um, What's happening? What did happen? She validated everything I just said. She felt that demons left her. She felt that there was definitely a deliverance, something powerfully happened. She does have epilepsy. She says that remains to be seen. So keep praying for a beautiful young woman named Gracie who's fighting the good fight in the midst of this but just to punctuate your point who am i you know when i say i'm a nobody i'm a nobody apart from christ but i'm somebody if i'm willing to take the small step and say lord let me listen to your voice let me be a, an appropriate normal uh if you will instrument of your love to care for the, these people who are suffering and in that moment it was something as epic is possibly deliverance so to hear for everybody to hear this testimony and know God wants to heal right now there's a reason you are listening to my voice there's a reason you were called here tonight to hear Tom sharing and with an open spirit seeking God's grace let's just really attune to the heart of the Father as Tom leads us in this prayer
3: Greg at a future time I would like to talk with you my wife and I Marion, went to a charism workshop led by Damien Stain mm-hmm. at Sacred Heart um, uh, Seminary down in Detroit I think it was maybe 10 years ago, and um, I'll share that with you because I, too, saw some people who were, received freedom, who, um, that, and there was like 450 people are in the gym, and they're all really faithful Catholics, and sometimes something happens to us that leaves a wound that we don't even realize still exists,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and true possession is very uncommon, very uncommon, mm-hmm. but oppression there's a lot of oppression, and that's what Unbound is about. Mm-hmm. We have that right in Jesus' name to renounce that. Once you know the five keys, something could happen to you, and you just renounce it. Name of Jesus, I renounce the guy that just cut me off and trapped me mm. and almost caused an accident. So name good. Name of Jesus, I I renounce it. command Commanded to leave. Name of Jesus, I pray for your blessings upon him. And the more you can do that, you just live in freedom. Nothing will bother you anymore. So, so good. Anyway, we can talk about that in the future, but yes. The, the fifth key in Unbound is the Father's blessing. So let's just take a minute and um, close in prayer about what God the Father thinks of each and every one of us listening right now. Mm. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the gift of this day and for all that Greg and Stephanie are doing and what each and every one of our listeners are doing. Lord, we know that you are with us. Because we are your children. We thank you that when you look at me, you see me covered in the grace of your son, Jesus Christ, Mm. Abba, Papa. We are your children. We are glad that you are here, Mm. that you want to bless us, you want to carry us when there's times when we can't walk, that you want to pour out your grace and mercy upon us. Lord, You know, all the sufferings that each and every one of us may be going through right now, but you want to carry us and lift us Mm -hmm. at this moment, Lord, let us just, your grace fall upon us, your peace fall upon us, your love fall upon us so that we can be your conduit of love to everyone around us. Lord, pour out your grace and your mercy and your faith in us that even when the storms rage and the winds blow, that we're built on solid rock and that your love sustains us, that we can smile in the face of a storm.
2: Mm.
3: And Maybe you can't smile right now, but that's okay. Just stay prayerful and turn your heart to him. Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of anything that I've done to offend you. Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I want to give my life to you. And I give it right now, Mm. this moment, and at this time. I want to be a child of God. I want to live in freedom and in your love. And I want to be the face of Christ for everyone I meet today. I know you have a plan for my life. And from this moment on, I'm just going to pray and ask you to reveal that to me, so that I can live more fully alive, until one day, Lord, we can live in your kingdom. Because we can't imagine the glory that God has for us one day, that anything that we're going through here on earth, he wants to wash it away, and what he wants to give us one day in his kingdom, we can't imagine this glory, this Mm. grace. Mm. Your very best day on earth, and it may be the day you were married, it may be the day your first child was born, it may be the day that you heard you were cancer free, the first day in his kingdom will be a million times better. Mm. We can't even imagine what he wants to give us. Mm. So, Lord, let us just, in this battle here on earth, as the church militant, just give us the grace for this day, the grace to re- rise above this leprous flesh of ours, because we're lepers. We're going to die one day. But give me that grace, Lord, to rise above my leprous flesh and to be your servant of love and mercy and grace. And we do this all in your most holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much, Tom. And folks, so blessed that you're on this journey with us in this new year. Revivals wherever you're at. Just drink that in along with Tom's beautiful prayer. Revival is right now. It's wherever you're at, God is active. It is part of his plan. It is purposeful. Join us on that journey at ilovemyfamily.us. Just say it with us. It's a great proclamation and it's also a website where you can journey with us as husbands and wives and families seeking to live the kingdom, live our nature in the Trinity. Is there anything greater? Nothing. Whatever lies are secondary, they're whispers, they're vanquished in the light of the fact that we are sons and daughters of God and Jesus Christ, particularly in marriage and family. So again, join us in that journey, ilovemyfamily.us, and if you're so moved, we're always grateful for your partnership. Click on that partner tab. So thank you again so much for being with us. Until next time, God bless you. (laughs)